Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. Today, your final summer league preview. The Wolves open up play in Las Vegas this afternoon. Let's talk about the four Timberwolves players, draft picks, recent draft picks of the Wolves, and what we need to look out for in Las Vegas. What do Josh Minot, Wendell Moore Jr., Mateo Spaniola, and this year's draft pick, Leonard Miller, need to do in Vegas? Plus, we'll also look at some other familiar faces, Iowa Wolves players in past summer league players for the Wolves. It's all coming on the show. Welcome in. You are Locked On Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Lockdown Wolves. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy weekend. Happy start to the Timberwolves Las Vegas Summer League season, I guess, or or um, schedule. I, I guess that happens today. A big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch the show on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon. That's with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, Uh, real quick, if there's background noise, it's storming behind me. There's not a whole lot else I could do about that. Uh, Had to record right now. So uh, hopefully there's not too much sound of wind and rain hitting the windows. Um, But anyway, that's what that that rumbling and thunder, I guess, is behind me. So uh, today, though, this afternoon, the Timberwolves kick off Las Vegas Summer League play um, and uh, they're on NBA TV three o'clock or I'm sorry, three thirty central this afternoon is when the Wolves will take the floor. So I want to get you finished getting you all ready for that by talking about the Timberwolves roster players. And by that, I mean, I guess more accurately draft picks. Technically, um, Mateo Spaniolo is not on an NBA contract right now, but. Uh, the four players that the Wolves have acquired on draft night each of the last two years, minus Jalen Clark, who of course is still dealing with the Achilles injury, um, this year's the, the final their final pick of this year's draft. So, yesterday, if you missed Thursday's show, I talked about all the new faces on the summer league team, guys to look out for. I, I highlighted three players that I would keep an eye on: Travion Williams, uh, Brandon Williams, and Farron Hunt or Ferran Hunt. Uh, those are three players that I'm excited to watch in Las Vegas who likely won't make the Timberwolves, but could, you know, each of them could have a shot at maybe a two-way deal or something like that. Um, and and again, as a reminder, like there's been different, very different types of, of summer leagues for the Wolves. If you think back, um, like for instance, last year, there's not a single player on that roster besides last year's rookies, Josh Mina and Wendell Moore Jr., that we, that had already played minutes for the Wolves. Well, I guess that includes them, right? Because they were rookies. They'd just been drafted. So like last year, we didn't go into this saying like, we need to see this from Minot. We need to see this from more because we hadn't seen them at all. Two years ago was very different. 2021, that was the year that Jaden McDaniels, Jalen Noel, coming out of the two COVID years, got to go to Las Vegas Summer League. And the Timberwolves clearly tasked those guys with like, hey, when you go to Summer League, work on X. And so in Jaden McDaniel's case, it was like, hey, we need to see you with the ball in your hands more often. We need to see you try and initiate offense. We need to try and see you put the ball on the floor, score for yourself, knock down some threes. Um, be that be that offensive player that you don't get to be when you're on the court with Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell and, and Anthony Edwards. You know, be ball dominant. Let's see what happens. And then we also had um, Nate Knight was, was on that summer league team. Like I said, Jalen Noel. 
um, McKinley Wright, who ended up with the two-way deal that year. So there was a lot of names on that roster, players that the Wolves very like had very specific things that they wanted to see from them and see skills developed. Last season, we didn't have that. We had a couple of rookies and we had a bunch of guys that everybody knew were going to be in the G League or playing overseas. And a couple of players that ended up with two-way, two-way contracts with other NBA teams last year, but nobody else that ended up on the Wolves. And nobody on that summer league roster last year had played for the actual Minnesota Timberwolves prior to that. So we were kind of flying blind and there wasn't like a clear objective from a from a on-court product standpoint for the Timberwolves last summer in Vegas. This year, it's different. This year, the Timberwolves roster has uh, all four guys that I mentioned a little bit ago, and it's also got some guys that I talked about yesterday that have a shot at at making a roster. And it's got a few guys we'll talk about later who should seem familiar because they've suited up either for the Iowa Wolves and or the Timberwolves Summer League entry in the past. Um, so there's a lot to get to. And I want to start with the current Timberwolves players with the four aforementioned draft picks uh, by the Wolves or players because of trades, I guess more accurately, players acquired on draft night in 22 and 23 for the Wolves. So let's start with the highest of those picks. And that's Wendell Moore Jr. Last year's first round pick, the only first round pick of the bunch. And Wendell Moore, he frankly, he was he had a tougher year than Josh Minot last year. And I think partly because the expectations were a little bit higher simply because he was a first round pick and Minot was a, you know, with injury. Well, yeah. Injuries and playing a little bit less in college was a little bit less of a known quantity. Wendell Moore last season, um, got into 29 NBA games, only averaged five minutes per game. He actually started a couple of games. There was that brief window in like November when Moore was in the, uh, the rotation and he, had I think like one or two games where he kind of looked the part, but in generally struggle or but in general he struggled. The assist to turnover rate was not good. He initiated a little bit of offense that didn't go well. Uh, he only shot eleven percent from three. He was two for seventeen in an NBA Timberwolves uniform shooting the ball. Um, and defensively, I thought he was good. Uh, which like that's going to be kind of his ticket to see minutes. I thought he was good defensively um, at the NBA level last season. In the G League, uh, in the G League, Wendell Moore was okay as well. Um, he put up more numbers, obviously, had more opportunity. In the regular season G League, he played in eight games, averaged 19 points per game. He still shot just a shade under 30% from three, though. And um, it just didn't really seem super comfortable. Again, initiating offense was kind of an issue. He scored, but he didn't score really efficiently. His effective field goal percentage was just 47.3% in the regular season. Um, of course, the G League also has those showcase cup games. He was a little better in those games efficiency-wise. That's just five contests. But he averaged 18 points a game on 52% shooting, 47% for B on the arc. So there just it was a lack of consistency last season for Wendell Moore Jr. So what does the Timberwolves coaching staff want to see from him? Well, I think from Wendell Moore, we want to see improved feel with the ball in his hands initiating offense. We want to see improved um, confidence initiating offense. Like he's not a point guard per se, but his ticket to minutes in the NBA, there's 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 two things he's got to be able to do. Guard at the point of attack, which I think he's in a decent spot there, and run a little bit of offense. Play the role that essentially, in my mind, that it's basically what Shake Milton's going to do for the Wolves this year. And basically what Jalen Noel was asked to do for the Wolves last year. And basically what Patrick Beverly was asked to do two years ago. Now, all those guys are different players, right? Bev was more defensive energy and a little bit less 
offensive offense, right? Although there were moments like in the playoffs when they tried to target uh, John Morant, like where Pat Bev took on a higher usage role. Jalen Noel was more of a usage guy, you know, yes, initiated a lot of offense, tried to score for himself a lot, was trying to be that microwave Jamal Crawford style scorer off the bench and not a good defender. Shake Milton is somewhere in between those two, right? He, he's he's not a great defender. He's not as good of a defender as Pat Bev. He's better than Jalen Noel. But it's more, again, that combo guard role where some of the time you're just going to be asked to catch and shoot because you're on the floor with Anthony Edwards and he's going to create, you're going to catch and shoot. Or you might happen to be on the floor with Mike Conley. Other times, you're on the floor with other bench guys like Nikhil Alexander-Walker and you may take turns initiating offense and you have to have that ability. You also have to be able to catch and shoot three-pointers. And like I said, overall in the G League last year, if you include the showcase games, he was a little over 30%. The NBA level, he was two for 17. Um, when no more in college, those numbers were also, uh, the catch and shoot numbers were much better in college. And now I just lost them, but they were much better in college. Remember, that was one of the one of the, the talking points, one of the, the selling points, I guess, on uh on Wendell Moore Jr. coming out of college was like, hey, this guy should be able to catch and shoot in the half court. He should be a a solid role player. That's kind of the goal with him, right? And that was that was kind of how I saw Wendell Moore Jr. was a best case scenario was kind of a an ideal role player at the NBA level. Um, and we just didn't see that last year. And again, rookie season, um, there's there's certainly some room, there's there's some latitude there to understand that like, hey, this guy has room to grow. Um, at Duke, his final year at Duke, his third year, he shot 41% from outside the arc and the catch and shoot number was in that same area. So there is hope that he should be a an above average jump shooter, but that's number one. We need to see consistent offensive performance from Wendell Moore Jr., whether that's initiating the offense or catching and shooting. Vegas is going to be a really small sample to, to, to get a good handle on the shot percentage, but does he look comfortable, right? That's going to be a huge piece of this. Does this look like something that's repeatable at the NBA level next year? Um, we need to see progress in that regard and continued improvement in point of attack defense. Again, I thought he was okay there last year, but that's a, a pretty big chunk of how he's going to earn NBA minutes. All right, let's talk about Josh Bynett, who I actually think is the clearest path to NBA minutes uh, this season. We'll talk about him next as well as Spaniolo and this, rookie, this year's rookie, Leonard Miller. So we'll do all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at BetterHelp. Today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, ever since COVID, I have put a much greater emphasis on my own physical and mental well-being, which is not something that I was great at before COVID, but I think everybody kind of hit the reset button. I know I certainly did around COVID. And I get that we're three years past that now, but that's still what I hang my hat on is what kind of helped me turn the corner for paying attention to some of those things. Um, and I, I mean, if you're dealing with decisions around your career, relationships, anything else, therapy can help you stay connected to what you really want when you navigate life. So you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. If you're start thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on NBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp H E L P dot com slash locked on NBA. All right. So continuing down down recent Timberwolves draft picks and what we need to see from them in Las Vegas Summer League. Josh Minot, of course, last year's second round pick, I thought looked really good at the NBA level this year and maybe really good is a bit strong, but 
there were moments where he was brought in later in the season, essentially as a defensive stopper at the end of quarters, like, hey, can you get us a stop at the point of attack? McDaniels is in foul trouble or whatever. And he was able to do that. I thought he was just another body, the Wolves, long athletic body the Wolves could throw out there and say, hey, go do stuff. And that's kind of his, like his calling card, right? 15 games at the NBA level, just under 100 minutes, 96 minutes played. He shot 50% for the field, obviously limited opportunities. He was, what, 18 of 36, two of six on three-pointers at the NBA level. So nothing we can really take take to the bank there. The rebound rate was solid, 23% defensive rebound rate, 15% total rebound rate uh, for mine at the NBA level. And that, again, is his calling card, the activity the do stuff ability, if you will. Um, at the G League, though, in the regular season, he averaged 20.6 points per game, only 29% on threes, but he was 56% from the field. He had a high offensive rebound rate, 9%. Uh, the defensive rebound rate, you'd like to be a little bit higher, was 17.7%. But um, in general, again, the activity, he's not, you're not going to run offense for Josh Minot, right? He's got to be able to knock down a catch and shoot three, and he's going to have to crash the offensive glass. In my mind, he's like, a wing version of Brandon Clark, and that's kind of what I compared him to when the Wolves drafted him. Um, he He's big, right? Like, he's got a huge wingspan. He's got the ability to, um, what is he, 6'8"? Yeah, he's 6'8", listed at 6'8", with a big wingspan, super athletic. He's putting. He needs to put on a little bit more weight, put on a little bit more strength and muscle. Uh, I think he's getting there. I want to see with him on the floor, is that apparent, right? Did he get stronger? Is he... Also, point of attack defense. We think he's a really good point of attack defender. We need to see it more against NBA caliber offensive players and ball handlers. He Instead of, like, it's great if he's a, a above average wing defender, but can he guard a ball handler and understand, you know, get can he get through a screen? Um, can he make himself, well, he, he should be able to make himself skinny to get through screens, but can he fight through screens? Does he have the strength to fight through screens? Um, what does that defense look like at the point of attack? Um, because he is bigger bodied. Can he stay in front of guards like a Jade McDaniels can? Is he truly as mobile? Um, does he have the lateral quickness to do that? I think the answer is yes, but I want to see that. The most important thing for Josh Bonnet, though, is what does the jumper look like? He's never going to be a high usage offensive player, more likely than not. But can he manage to shoot, you know, shoot the ball well from the perimeter? Because that's going to be his role offensively is crashing the glass, catch and shoot threes, lobs, playing the dunker spot a little bit. Um, I mentioned that he was only 29% from three and nine regular season G League games. Well, he also played in 11 Showcase Cup games and he was 41% from three. For some reason, I can't find anywhere that combines those two numbers and I didn't do all the math. But I, I mean, I'd be willing to bet that that's around league average, maybe 34% if we combine all of his three-point shooting together in the G League. And like, if 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 he could shoot league average from three, if he could be at 36%, from three at the NBA level, that would be totally fine with his ability in other areas, crashing the glass, et cetera. He barely shot threes in college. Uh, he played at Memphis, played in 33 games, was 14% on three-point attempts. Well, he was two of 14, right? That wasn't part of his game. We saw a lot more of that because the Wolves told him like, hey man, you have to be able to, to shoot threes if you're going to get on the floor at the NBA level. So what does the point of attack defense against guards look like? What does his jumper look like and his feel in the half court? Well, I'm going to do a whole show on Josh Minot later this summer because I'm really excited for what type of a role player he can be. Even if at the moment he's not in the Wolves top 10 on the depth chart, I, I don't think he is. He can crack that fairly easily with a strong training camp and start to the season. I, I believe that. And Summer League is kind of the first step in that process. All right. Um, 
Matteo Spagnolo was a second round pick last year, played overseas again this year. It seems unlikely he comes over yet, although it's a good sign for him to be playing in a second consecutive summer league. Um, overseas this year, playing for Trento, he played in 37 total games uh, between the Euro Cup and league play and essentially had similar numbers in, in each of those areas. He was around 12 points per game. He shot the ball... Uh, 28% in the in Euro Cup and 31% in league play from outside the arc. Overall shooting percentage was only about 41%, 41.5%. So that's the biggest thing for Spaniola. Is he going to be able to score efficiently at the NBA level? We know he's a very good passer. I think he's probably an average defender. I think the size and the athleticism is enough that he he's a passable defender. So we want to see him against NBA caliber athletes how he stays in front of ball handlers. I think that'll be really important. I think he's going to be totally fine initiating the offense. I'm less worried about that. It's the defense and it's the jumper. Can he catch and shoot threes? He did not look very comfortable doing that in summer league last year. And the numbers don't show that he improved much overseas there this year, Uh, but he needs to be passable outside the arc. And that's what I'm watching for in summer league um, for Mateo Spaniolo. Lastly, among players the Timberwolves drafted, Leonard Miller, of course, this year's pick, number 33 overall. The Wolves acquired that pick specifically to draft Leonard Miller. There's a lot of excitement about him. It's going to take a while for him to have a shot, really, at cracking the NBA rotation. Um, We need to see a jumper. That was really kind of the biggest concern, other than the lack of playing. You know, He hadn't played against any sort of top-tier competition until the G League this year, and it took a the end of the season, the second half of the season before he looked really comfortable, the NBA is a level up from that, right? Summer League is probably somewhere in the middle, actually probably maybe worse than some of the G League competition. So it's entirely possible Leonard Miller dominates the Las Vegas Summer League. But what we need to see is the jumper, both off the dribble and catch and shoot. What does that look like? What's the comfort level there? And also, what does he look like initiating offense? He's a really good passer. He's essentially ambidextrous with both ball handling and passing. And I think that's one of the selling points with him is he could basically be a big six, nine point forward. But what does the field look like in an NBA half court offense? And I think in the open floor, he'll look great. I think he'll get to the rim himself quite a bit, but what's the decision-making look like? Does he, is he able to get to his own jumper and knock down jump shots off the dribble? If he's playing off the ball at any point, if he's out there with Spaniolo or out there with Wendell Moore, or one of these other guards that I talked about, like a Brandon Williams, I talked about the other day, is he catching and shooting with comfort? Um, does that set up a pump fake and drive where he's got the athleticism and size and touch to finish at the rim? He's great at the rim. Uh, and I'm less worried about that. I think it's likely Leonard Miller dominates in summer league as much as he's given the opportunity to. But I think it's going to be a lot of just cra- you know driving to the rim and dunking over guys and finishing around guys and getting fouled and going to the line. I'd love to see him shoot some jumpers. I, I want to see him be aggressive. Let me be clear. I want to see him being aggressive and the coaching staff does too. But he can do that. He'll be able to get to the rim and score in summer league. He did that in G League in the G League last year. I want to see if he's able to knock down open jumpers, both off the dribble and catch and shoot. That's the biggest thing to me. We know he's a good defender. Um, I'd like to see some consistency there, so we'll keep an eye on that too. But um, for me, it's some of those uh, softer offensive skills, uh, like like playing within the flow of the game and knocking down those open shots that we need to see. All right, a quick spin through some of the other names on this year's roster uh, for Summer League for the Wolves that should seem familiar if you paid attention to the Iowa Wolves last year or um, if you uh, watched Summer League last year for the Wolves as well. So we'll do that here next and close out the show. All right, uh, a handful of familiar names on the Timberwolves Summer League roster uh, of guys that look should look familiar uh, beyond Minot Moore, Miller, and Spaniolo. Um 
let's see, how do we want to go through it? Well, let's just start, I guess, alphabetically. Brian Bowen the second. Uh, Brian Bowen the second played for the Wolves in Summer League a couple of years ago. He played for the Iowa Wolves for a couple of seasons. He was actually not on the Iowa Wolves last season, but he was a two-way player for the Pacers like three years ago and has kind of bounced around a little bit, played some internationally. So he's kind of the vet of the group. He's got the most pro basketball experience, and so I would imagine he starts and plays some some solid minutes. I have no idea what the plan is. Like he he clearly is a very fringe NBA player and could hold his own at the NBA level as really more of a three and D type guy, although he's never been an outstanding three point shooter. It's more about I think I said this last year, kind of the idea of what he could do because of his size, athleticism, what he he looks the part defensively as well. But the offensive game has never been quite solid enough. He's gonna have moments in these games where he clearly looks like the most experienced professional player out there, but I just don't know that he's got a future with the Wolves. Still, good to have him back. Clearly, the coaching staff in the front office likes him and is familiar with him, and so Brian Bowen the second is on this roster again. Expect him to get some run. Um, DJ Carton is a player that was on the Iowa Wolves last year. Uh, in the regular season, he started 20 games, played in 25, averaged 31 minutes per game for the Iowa Wolves, 15.5 points per game, shot 36.5% from outside the arc, and 53% uh, from the field, and he's a six-four guard slash wing. Like, I mean, he wasn't just shooting jumpers; he was getting to the rim, and he when he was shooting jumpers, he was making them. Um, in general, really solid player last year. He turned the ball over a little bit too much at Iowa when he was asked to initiate offense. Solid rebounder for his size, and um, pretty much just a well-rounded player out of Marquette. So I'm excited to watch him play as well. I don't think he got a whole lot of run last year in Las Vegas, but he was a key piece of the Iowa Wolves last season. So uh, DJ Carton is another player to watch. Javante Cook, kind of a similar story there in terms of experience. Didn't play as much for the Iowa Wolves in the regular season. Uh, he played in, what, just 25 games in the regular season. Well, yeah, 25 games. He only started five, 20 minutes per game, eight points per game, was only 31% outside the arc and 42% from the field. He's more of a traditional wing, 6'6". Six, six. I liked him in summer league last year, but clearly he didn't follow that up with all that strong of a regular season in uh, in Iowa. But he's a name to watch because, again, he was on the Iowa roster last year. Seems like a good chance he will be this year. He's a longer, more athletic guy that we need to see some consistency outside the arc from more than anything, and also on defense. But again, solid um, performance in Summer League last year, so perhaps we'll see more of the same here this year. Uh, we talked about, obviously, mine at Moore and Spaniola. The other name is Philip Wheeler. He was a name that last summer was initially reported as a potential two-way signing for the Wolves, and that was not accurate. He ended up... Um, being on an Exhibit 10 deal, I believe he went to training camp with the Wolves, but stuck with the Iowa Wolves all season, played 19 minutes a game there, eight and a half points per game. Uh, the He was the long athletic guy who skipped high school, played in Puerto Rico, six foot eight, actually a lot of similarities to Josh Minot in my mind, obviously even less polished than Josh, polished than Josh Minot, which tells you how polished or not polished, uh, Philip Wheeler is, shot under 20% from three last year in the G League. That's still kind of the thing, right? The offensive skill, he could just dunk over guys for much of his life. Can he develop some of these other offensive skills? Can he have consistency defensively? And he's got a little bit of a slight frame, despite being six foot eight. What does he look like defensively and on the glass of the defensive end of the floor? I, I'm curious about him. Um, I think he's too raw to seriously get consideration for an NBA spot this year, and he's very likely back in the G League again in the fall, but could be fun to watch. So um, 
I, I quickly recapping everything. Obviously, those four guys I talked about earlier, very excited to watch them. The three non-roster guys that I mentioned yesterday, Trevion Williams, the former Purdue big, Brandon Williams, who played point for the Blazers a couple of years ago, and Ferran Hunt, who saw a cup of coffee with the New York Knicks last year, an athletic wing defender. I'm excited to see all of those guys. Those would be the seven names I'd keep an eye out for. I would also say Chris Bankston, who I talked about yesterday a little bit more, uh, who played at Norfolk State, a five-year college player, 6'8", 6'11", wingspan, athletic, steals, blocks, activity. Those types of guys are the players that could carve out a niche at the NBA level, and the Wolves need that stuff, right? So all of those players would be possible um, possible two-way players for the Wolves this year, so keep an eye on them. And then all these Iowa Wolves players I just mentioned as well, uh, Bowen, Cook, uh, uh, Carton and and Wheeler are all players that played for the Owl Wolves last year. This afternoon, the Timberwolves kick off, uh, kick off, tip off. Uh, well, I guess kick off summer league. They tip off is at three thirty on NBA TV against the New Orleans Pelicans summer league team. Then they don't play all weekend, so they play Monday night, a late nine PM Central tip on ESPNU. So Monday's show will be basically a post game pod, key takeaways from Friday's summer league game, getting you ready for Monday. Then Tuesday's pod will be essentially a post game pod for Monday. We won't do it exactly the same as we do the regular season playoff games for the Wolves, uh, but that'll be what we do next week. Midweek, we'll do some overall takeaways from the first two games and, of course, any other Wolves news that's out there. And then uh, there's two more games next week on, I believe it's Tuesday, Thursday, the Wolves have two more games in the preliminary round. And then depending on how they do, that sets up the, the tournament portion of of Las Vegas Summer League. So most of next week will be Summer League talk. We'll get into some, um, I do want to talk more about the free agent acquisitions, looking to do a segment, maybe have one of the guys from Lockdown Lakers talk about Troy Brown Jr., uh, maybe do something similar with, with Shake Milton and uh, Sixers host. So, uh, you know, keep an eye out for that. Keep an ear out for that. May not be next week, maybe the week after, but all that stuff's upcoming here. Uh, for those of you that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. And also, um, we are still daily throughout the month of July. So even though the NBA kind of takes a breath here after summer league, we're continuing daily until August and uh, make sure you're, you're listening uh, or sorry that you're subscribed wherever you like to listen to podcasts and also make sure you're listening. That is greatly appreciated. Um, of course you can find this show everywhere. You can also watch on YouTube and the lockdown sports, Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon fire TV. You can follow on Twitter at lockdown T wolves and also at B beacon. That's with two B's, two E's CK, E-N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Enjoy Summer League.